0: This this is Brock and Salk. Brock Huard is my hero. Jay Butner just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to give you a minute. not really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. it does, Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Hello! Yes, from the beautiful grounds of Mariners Complex here in Peoria, Arizona, we are live from spring training, Rock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app. Thank you, Alaska Airlines. Thank you to Kitsap Credit Union because this week has just been tremendous so far. Honestly, yesterday and the Mm -hmm. day before might be my two favorite shows we've had since we started doing this show again. I just love it, man. I love being down here. Julio Rodriguez is going to join us in just a moment. He's just on the other side of the doors over here, uh, finishing grabbing a little breakfast, and then uh, he'll be over, I think, within about two minutes. So uh, stick around. I promise Julio will be here in just a moment. He's not blowing us off. We have confirmation he'll be out in just a (laughs) second. Second, uh, we may get Tucker too. I don't know. Mariner team dog Tucker. Uh, I was I was offered an interview with Tucker. Yeah. But I will tell you, he's a little uh, he's a little skittish. Yeah. He's not really. He don't really love to be pet. Not the he, biggest talker. No, he's not a great talker. Nope. He's fairly quiet. But he will stare at that breakfast line all mm-hmm. day long. Man, he is one hungry. So dog. what did
1: Julio do? Did he, he gave you the palm last year. Last
0: year Julio gave me the palm. He told me that he could learn something from anybody. Right. And I he said even you. And I said sure I can teach you. how to be negative and he took his hand and he put it right in my face and he said no negativity positive only and you know what he carried that pretty darn well throughout his first season good morning julio how you doing yeah really good how about you guys still still negative no we're very positive how (laughs) could you not be it's perfect down here (laughs) yeah
2: it's great it's a little bit more it's it's a little bit warmer now so i like it how happy
1: are you oh really happy man I'm, i'm getting to do what i like and having fun with it you like working out over there, too, huh? Are you always an early workout with the weights and then getting in the gym?
2: Yeah, I feel like it always help me out with, like, that, with activation basically for my body and, like, kind of make me feel strong throughout the day. So that's why I like it in the morning early. Yeah, you're throwing
1: some weight around, too. Yeah, what do you like to do in there?
2: Uh, I feel like I always like to do total body. I feel like every time I work out, I work out uh, upper and lower to kind of keep it balanced and kind of keep everything uh, at the same pace, basically. You don't skip leg day. Uh, no, legs are important. Yeah, it's every, it's literally total body every time I work out. So,
1: <laughs> what did those 160 plus games last year kind of teach you about getting your body ready for that haul?
2: Uh, that If you're not ready, then you're gonna fall off like, or something like that. That's basically just something along the lines like that. It just, I feel like r- routine is really important and kind of staying on track and staying on top of it, I feel like that's
1: the most important the biggest thing I learned. You know, Jerry Depoto told us a a story when he first met you. He was on the elliptical over there in that room. I think you were about 17, and you came over and introduced yourself to him. I'm just kind of curious. At 17, you probably weighed 175? No, I was heavier than that. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was a little tall, so,
2: like, I was going to say, like, 195 200 maybe yeah
1: and now we see you carry 225 230 yeah is there a place where you're like okay if i'm gonna be a center fielder and i'm gonna do all that i'm gonna do is there a place there where maybe like okay i'm i'm good at 225 230 yeah or... that
2: was that was my whole way throughout last year yeah so i i i was from 222 to 230 throughout the whole year and that's that's the way that i feel like i can carry around and move
0: around a good at the good speed yeah. what's it like to be Julio Rodriguez right now chill I don't know it just <laughs> I guess good I would think life would be pretty good I mean you went on quite a ride over the course of the last year there was the awards there was making the playoffs I mean what, what was the highlight of your year uh, I feel like all together I
2: feel like there was a lot of moments where like we had to battle through a lot of moments that we had to come back um, a lot of exciting moments a lot of the the run the fourteen game winning streak, uh, getting to the playoffs, the All Star there is like a lot of, of there was a lot of things that that happened the home run derby, so
0: yeah I mean I was it was a fun year take me back to that take me back to the home run derby so you're at the All Star game you're around all of the best players in baseball thing that we heard from some of the people we talked to who were there is that they really embraced you that they sought you out and and some of the veterans and the and the all-stars of the game embraced you into their world
2: what was uh, that like uh, it really it really felt nice because they didn't as you say they didn't make me feel like oh i'm like the young guy or like nobody really wants to talk to me or like things like that and they made me feel really good i, flat, I asked a lot of questions and they were really open with me and trying to help me. So like that made me feel really good.
0: Who who in particular?
2: Uh, I feel like there was like a lot of guys. Judge, trout, um, everybody. I don't know. There was so many it's a pretty guys. good start. Yeah, right? like Bloody Bloody, like Soto, like I talked to everybody, Albert Pujols. There was just so many. So how, many.
1: How much different was life after the derby? After that experience, the whole country watching, all you know the performance and what you did, how much different was the attention, the admiration, just living life after that than before? Uh, I just feel like, as uh, you said, people just knew more about me. I feel like they just knew
2: more about me. We were playing up in Seattle, and uh, I feel like whenever I tell them in L.A., that's whenever like, they kind of say, oh, the Mariners got something going on over there.
0: How much did you talk to your parents throughout that run, throughout last year and, and sort of your first year here in the big league?
2: I talk often to my parents. I feel like I was trying to, like, connect with them and trying to see how they're doing and things like that. And, and they're always, like, checking on me. And if something happens on the field, or like, they see you anything, they're always checking on me to
0: make sure that I'm good. I think I think we've learned a lot about your parents, right? They've sort of become a, a story of their own here in Seattle and they're you know, they're flying up to see your first game after Scott told you about it here in the yeah. in the office here, which is just one of the great videos that we've ever seen, a great great moment to watch. You know, what what do they see? How do how do they take all of this in and and the the ride that you're on?
2: I mean, they definitely they definitely took a while. Like I feel like it was definitely a long road for all of us and just they seeing our dreams basically come in reality right now. They definitely they, they took a while and they, they knew that we worked uh really hard for this and
0: yeah. They watch every game?
2: They do. They, they co- do. Are
0: they now? Do they watch from the Dominican? Do they come up here a lot? How does that work?
2: Uh, they watch from the Dominican. Like, I set up my mom so that she can. She's able to watch and my dad too. So they ready. They they tune in every every time. They text you after every game. Tell you what you did right. Tell you what you did wrong. Yeah, no. Nah, they always text me to make sure that I'm good. I don't you know. know. They, that's what. That's what the thing. They, they te- know baseball is hard.
0: Now, do they text you after you ran into the wall the other day? It's my mom did. I bet she did. Yeah. What'd she say? Don't, dad, don't run into
2: walls. Yeah, my mom, and my dad, they both text me, and they were a little worried. <laughs> but... At the same time, they know how I play, and they know i 'm going to go out there have fun, and not be limited to for anything.
1: Who are some other folks, Julio, that you lean into for counsel to handle? handle baseball as you said it's a difficult sport and to handle now all of this attention that has been thrown on you? Uh,
2: I just feel like other people around me I feel like we kind of had a plan and we kind of executed it and now we're a little bit prepared for this we're a little bit prepared like I feel like the people that's around me they're pretty capable of like give me a good advice and steer me in the good direction and I feel like I feel really happy that they're around me Mm -hmm. because they tell me the truth they tell me how it is and If there's any situation that comes up, they're going to tell me the reality of it. And they're not going to try to say, oh, no, you're good. And they're just going to let me know Mm -hmm. that if I did it wrong, if I did it right. So I feel I really appreciate it from them.
1: Who who are some of those? When you say is that is that your uh, director that you grew up with in baseball with at the facilities?
2: Uh, I mean, the first ones are definitely my parents. Uh, guys like Kiko Peña that he signed me, like my agent, like people that work in the agency that I keep really tight, mm-hmm. my sister, like the guy that threw me BP, friend me. there's a like group of people that they're around me that I feel like I kind of came up with them. And we got here basically together and they still being the same people. And they still giving me the same batches that I had since I started playing baseball and like that, since I basically started keeping it like more professional.
0: Have you spoken at all? We're talking to Julio Rodriguez, of course, you know, you have superstar potential i mean you you are right now already one of the faces of the game of baseball that that's a lot I mean, that, that happened very, very quickly. And Brock and I were talking and looking up at that board up there and looking at a couple of, couple of faces on there. Ken Griffey Jr. and Ichiro in particular, who had similar rises to stardom. And for a while, Jr. was the face of the game of baseball and Ichiro for, you know, his entire career carrying an entire nation of Japan that was interested in his every single movement and everywhere he went, there was a camera crew just following everything he did. Have you talked at all to either of them about the the goods and the bad and the pressure that comes with being a big star that people are really interested in?
2: Uh, I feel like I talked to Ichiro about it. Uh, I was curious and I asked the question, and he basically said things along the line that people people might look at you different, but you can never look at yourself different. And that's whenever he told me that, I kind of clicked in my head. It's like okay, whoever whoever wants to see me different because of what I'm doing on the field, what I'm doing off the field, or whatever, that's their deal. And the way that I look at myself and the way that I go about my work and the way that I go about my practice, about my preparation all that, that's my deal and that's my choice. And that, doesn't, that cannot be impacted by anybody or by any, any other way that the people is looking at me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whenever he said that, it kind of sucked me. I said, okay, people' perspective about me can't change, They can look at me different, but what I see about myself and where I want to go can never change. And that's something that I really took to heart,
1: and I'm going to keep living by it. You know, the Skip uh, sat in that seat with us yesterday, and he talked about there's just a little different feeling and a little different vibe in this building after ending 20 years, right? That playoff streak and then winning a playoff series that the guys are just carrying themselves with the – it isn't can we do this, it's – we did it and now there's more to this mountain to climb. Do you feel that?
2: Oh uh, definitely, definitely. I feel like we all feel capable of like being back in the playoff and compete. And I know I know we're a tough team I know we're tough for teams to play against us and I know we play pretty good baseball. We respect everybody but we know we know we're gonna go out there and compete because we did it once and I know we I know we got better. I know that we have more room to improvement and
0: I know we're gonna get there. How good can you be, this team? How, how good can this team be?
2: Uh, man, I don't want to set limits for any of us. I feel like I never do that to myself. I don't want to do it to this team. And I just know we're going to go out there and compete. And at the end of the year, we're going to see how good we
0: were. You, when you When we spoke to you last year, we were down here, and you talked about some of your... Uh, Early desire to play for the Mariners and and how important the city of Seattle was to you, and then you spent a year there and you spent a year around the fans and the fans who came out and certainly after Cal's home run and into the playoffs, etc. What did you make of Seattle last year? Oh man, Seattle was the best.
2: (laughs) Seattle was just the best. Like I gotta say it straight up. Like it just always a different feeling. I know. There's a lot of good fans like all all across baseball, but whenever you play in the Pacific Northwest it's just different it's just a different vibe it feels like home that's what I like about playing the to Mobile Park and playing for the Mariners fans, you just, they just make it feel like home. And that's what I like about it. If I feel comfortable at home, like I'm going to play the best that I can possibly play.
0: You could have signed other places, right? I mean, other other teams I'm sure would have loved to have had you as a 16-year-old or whenever you signed. Are you glad that you chose Seattle? Definitely. There is not an
2: ounce of regret in my mind about it. That is not. Especially, as you say, after spending one year in Seattle and just see what that city is capable of, and other room that we have to improvement there is definitely not a doubt in my mind about that. Even with Scott
0: Service as your manager, you still say that. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure, sure. I just want to check. Oh, that's good. Like, okay. I'm telling you, see, <laughs> see what he did right there. Scott yeah. was he's down. Like... Scott was downright mean to me <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we're we're gonna get him back. Nah, he, he was hey, rude. Hey, he was attacking. Be me. careful. That's my manager, man. I gotta get on his side.
2: <laughs> yeah. You like Scott? Of course, man. What of do you course. like? What what do you, what does he do as a manager
0: that you appreciate?
2: I feel like he's always honest and straight up with me, and I feel like that's what I told you. Like I surround myself with people like that, and that's what I saw that he told me things like it is and because he wants me to get better and i feel like if i don't get that information i don't really get better and like i like that about him that he's just straight up he's open with us and he just tell you how it is and like if you take it too hard and start crying about it i guess you're not gonna get better but if you really take it too hard and i like take it to a good place i feel like you, you can
0: grow from it. You is he talking to me Huh? Is, Julio, is Julio talking to me, no. saying that I need to grow for Yeah, just, yeah I just, told you he's just, my manager. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, uh, la- last couple things here for me, Julio. And we sure appreciate the time, man. Seriously, thank you for doing this. Uh, do you like hitting leadoff? Or do you kind of like seeing Colton in front of you? Do you have any feel for how that could work? Yeah, I just like helping the team win. So, whatever the manager... Mm-hmm. Things that I've belong, that's what I'm going to be trying to do my best to produce runs. Okay. And uh, we had Sam Haggerty. The, the audience going to hear it today. And I asked Sam uh, when we taped the interview yesterday, I said, Sam, if we were to line up the Mariners, all right, right there on that left field line, and I set up a sprint for, I don't know, 30, 40 yards, I said, and all the Mariners run in that sprint, who finishes first? What do you think Sam said?
2: He probably, I know him, he probably, he, he gets there first. But there is no chance that we will do that. That's not what he said. No. What did he say? He said it was Julio. <laughs> he, he said, said Julio, nah. followed
0: by him, followed by Dillamore? Yeah. I think? Yeah. Does then, that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so are you excited about the bases being a little closer together and all that? Do you think that will that lead to more in the running game? Or will we see what we saw in the second half of last year where it tapered off a little bit?
2: Uh, I just feel like, as I said, like, I'm just going to be ready to impact the game in all the possible ways that I can and I know that's a part of my game and I know that I can create a few runs on that so I'm not going to leave that on the table and you're still going to slide head first
1: yep, yep. So you got to play the game All right. last question best piece of counsel you've heard since last year ended whether it was at the parade back home whether it was at the awards show and last night congratulations sports star of the year in Seattle as well uh, you gave us the Ichiro comment. Is there other uh, piece of counsel advice that really stuck to you as well through this? Um uh, it's about I feel like setting your boundaries. I feel like that's
2: something that I learned like throughout the off season too. I feel that's something that huge. I feel like people don't really realize how important it is. Kind of setting your boundaries, setting what's important for you, setting what's like making sure people know what's your priority and if they don't respect that then they don't respect you and they don't respect your dreams. Yep. So people that respect you and that care about you and that love you, then you express that to them, they're going to be like, okay, go on. Mm. And keep doing your thing. Mm. People that don't, that they think about themselves and they're selfish, they're going to be mad about that. Mm. So I feel like that's something that I really learned. And I hope a lot of people out there learn that too. Set your boundaries, set your priorities and stick to your ways. Take to your dreams, and don't let anybody get in the middle of that. <sighs> well, I don't have anything else to say after that.
1: I, that's got to be the last word. <laughs> we call that a drop the mic. Yeah, we yeah. just okay. drop the yeah, mic, take off see the see headphones, guys, and walk away.
2: Nice talking to you guys. <laughs> Great, Julio. Thank you, We really appreciate it, man. We really appreciate it. Thank uh, you.
0: Wow. That is Julio Rodriguez, and uh, he is a remarkable person, <laughs> he man. Is. He really is. That is a special, special kid who seems to be... He really has everything going in the right direction for himself. Yeah, I mean the head on the shoulders, the the body he's been given, the hard, how hard he works. Okay. And Justin, I gotta tell you, can we talk for a moment? I got, I got, yeah, I gotta get something off my chest. I do too. I can't stop looking at his eyes. I can't either. <laughs>
1: oh, you guys! I'm sorry,
0: Mora. He has beautiful green eyes. By the
1: way, when you said, are you still going to keep sliding head first, oh, he took those eyes and he
0: stared you uh, he down. Did, when yeah. He didn't he like yes. that. I don't yeah, think you need to apologize No hint of a smile. He said yes okay. and stared you down. That's so, here, fine. I don't care. I don't like see him slide feet first more often. So
1: <laughs> His let's eyes say 14 years, right? Beautiful. Okay, hold on a second. 14 yeah. years of this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, you don't need to lie. I get it. Like, his eyes know. were piercing my they're eyes. They're unbelievable. Because they're, uh, not only are they just beautiful, whatever, that sounds weird. <laughs> they are. But he he looks at you. Yeah. And then you can't take your <laughs> eyes more <laughs> You know, right? It's like, I, there's ago, no athlete to do that. I've never seen that. It
0: felt nicer when Julio was doing it. Brock just did it to me and it was kind of scary. Yeah, Brock mad dog. you that's totally different. <laughs> I, years ago.
1: I couldn't like. Years I, ago in 2000. It was like a stare down. I, it was like his blue, his green eyes. Am I, I'm like, if, if he's not moving away from me, yeah. I can't move he's... away from him. And it was just a locked-in <laughs> zone there. You don't there. see that on TV. No,
0: you don't see the color of his eyes up close like that. Oh my Gosh. There, there, you could go swimming in there. <laughs> Years ago, I saw Bill Clinton speak in person at an event. Yes. And everyone in the building who I talked to afterwards said that Bill was looking directly at them. Yes. He had an unbelievable – stop it. He had an unbelievable gift to make everyone in the audience, and there were, I don't know, a couple thousand people in there, think that he was talking directly yeah. to them because of the way
1: his, he would use his eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Julio just does That's exactly much, that. That was intense. It really was. Like yes. you thought – Jared was intense in, his, intense in his own way because he was just like – you know. I couldn't... I felt bad about, like, unlocking the eyes there, but then I'm like, does he think I'm weird? Like, staring at him? Well, yes, he probably does. <sighs> well, <his> apparently, <sighs> you, didn't,
0: you didn't have to see the eyes, because the text coming in, people are just... Yeah. Like, yeah. like it made me tear and up. This guy's incredible. Text from the 206, I love you guys. Sometimes I worry. <laughs> uh, why?
1: <laughs> you worried about that? About that reaction? So, so you know what? Honest, hey, all, all I can God. tell
0: you is, if you were this close to Julio, you would have the same reaction. No. Usually. I
1: say you guys are creepy, but you're not wrong. Yeah, dude, it's his eyes are beautiful. No. <laughs> I bl- I've never seen anything like it. No, no, they are uh, they're something special. You know what else is really, really cool to kind of get this back on the train tracks? I don't know that that's possible. Is he three different times there? Right? We talk about you know accountability for two days. We didn't talk much about his play and his. You know, we talked about how is he going to handle all of this? Is he going to have anybody? on his team that's going to be able to tell him what's what and to be honest and to be transparent and holy smokes like on three different occasions there on his own bringing up no man I got my team I got my my parents I got my agent I got you know my director I got people that will tell me what's what and then that last part about setting boundaries hey russell wilson I know you're 34, oh, 35. Yeah. How, you could you, how could you not be nah, thinking you could about think Ross? I kept thinking about because that. Because I will t-
0: admit, when he said, you know, I don't want to set limits on myself, I did think about Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> for Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> right. So I thought a little bit about that, and I was like, uh-oh, I hope we're not going down that road. But boundaries? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? I'll tell you the thing that jumped out to me probably more than anything else was his comments about Ichiro. And yep. what Ichiro has said to him. That's right. I think of all the things I just heard from Julio, look, I love the stuff about Seattle. Yes, of course, I teed it up for him to say really nice things about our city <laughs> and, and how much he loves it here. And that was great. I mean, that's so fun to hear that he doesn't have any regrets or yeah. any of that. I mean, that's just it's not awesome. It wasn't fake. No, it seemed very legitimate. Yeah. I could tell by his eyes. <laughs> but his But what he's talked about with Ichiro? Yep. I don't know, man. Brock. I mean, all those other people can try to keep him grounded, but they don't know one anything about the ride that he's going to be on. They'll know him yep. and who he was and who he, you know, how he grew up. But they're not going to truly understand the microscope that he's going to be under and the amount of attention yep. that is coming his way. Like fifty one did. But he he does know yes, Ichiro does. dealt with that and more. And so I I was really comforted to hear that yep. Ichiro had that kind of advice of. You know, remember who you are because that's what you've got to be
1: true to. Yes. And Ichiro isn't just on that mural like a bunch of these other guys. Ichiro is here living. Eating, right. yeah. breathing, to the point yesterday that when we, you know, left to go to the game at like one o'clock. I'm like, what is he doing? He's here? still stretching. He's not breathing. now he's yeah. like getting his workout in. I joke like are you in the lineup today? Like I mean, the, it is his lifeblood. It's yeah. what he loves. He loves this game and you get that same sense from Julio. Well
0: and they connected right away.
1: Right away. And probably because of that. And frankly, Tom Brady and my life experience around Tom, same same makeup. Peyton Manning Same makeup. And you know what Peyton did really well? Set boundaries. I'm not taping my commercials. I'm not, I am not putting an office upstairs. I'm amidst the guys. And if you don't like it and you got a problem with my boundaries and my bubble, then you got a problem with me and you will never get close. And yeah, that is golly. You're just how old is how old is Julio now? Twenty two. Twenty two. That is pretty amazing. remarkable. Pretty pretty. It, pretty now, after hearing
0: Scott say he wants to touch him every day, yeah, it's like oh well. I got you're I, lost I, in those eyes. I, I don't blame him. Blame yeah. him. I've yeah. got to
1: <laughs> take my headset off. Okay. okay now I <laughs> well, got to go before, you, before. And this you isn't do, creepy, lusty, beautiful eyes. You can live you in that. Do. The intensity of his eyes and the intensity of that. I gotta go before okay. you do. Okay. So <laughs>
0: I'd like to tell you about some breaking news regarding Jalen Carter. This, according to a report, Jalen Carter is the subject of an arrest warrant in Athens after oh. being implicated by police for racing in the crash that took pl- took the life of former teammate and UGA staffer. Both charges against Jalen Carter are misdemeanors. Athens Clarke County spokesman confirms Ooh. he did not show up today for some scheduled interviews at the combine. So uh, I'm reading that from Seth Emerson with an Ian. Retweet and some other stuff in there, so this is Ooh. becoming a story. It is developing. I'm certainly oh, not wow. reporting it myself. I remember seeing the news about that crash about yeah. yes. a month or so ago. It was a
1: night of the celebration.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah so I don't mean won. to bring everybody down, Yikes. but as he, you know, we talk about what could be available in the top five and kind of, you know, some questions about Jalen Carter. This is certainly going to raise some. So I want to get it out there so that you guys know he, of course, is the young defensive tackle who's projected to be a top five pick in this year's if NFL not the number draft, number one pick, and. Yeah potentially the number one pick um so yeah that is uh that is interesting news certainly this morning very sad uh if it ends up being true all right uh coming up next we'll come back and talk some more baseball certainly today and we'll come back to that julio interview for sure but pete carroll said something yesterday that makes perfect sense and i think i know exactly why he said it that's next
1: This this is Brock and Salk,
0: powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from six to ten
1: on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
0: I don't know how we're gonna do the rest of this show after that. I mean, it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good picture for it, Brock. That's nice. Are those two like salad bowls next to each other? No, these that?
1: are blue Nile peridot rope stud earrings. Oh, okay. <laughs> of a green jewel. I just typed in a green jewel. I mean, like emeralds. Oh, you're trying to find a comparison for Julio's eyes. Yeah. I mean we, we live
0: in the Emerald City. I mean what would be better than Emeralds to to help you understand what Julio's
1: eyes look like. I mean the intent I am still I'm not shaking like after the game winning field goal with TCU. Good. But I have never seen an athlete make more eye contact. I have never honestly in my all of my years it, it, with teammates and others I I have never seen an athlete engage you in that way. That like, again, to his point, like, if I'm going to give you this time and I'm going to give you the here's the boundary and we're going to have 15 minutes, but I'm going to give you all 15 and I'm going to bring it. I'm going to share some stories and I'm going to share my wisdom and my experience and my love for this game and the love for the fans. Yeah, I'm still uh, that was uh, right a little high. I'd that. like to see Bob and Dave. When they come in three weeks, those two crusty old Muppets, I'd like to see those two. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I love Jeez. both Dave and Bob. You
0: know, you you say stuff like that, and then I get blamed uh, for I, it. Because I, it's the way I, you I said said it. You said things like that, and Sarcastic then I like, like, Salk was talking trash about Wyman <laughs> and Bob. Like, I didn't say it.
1: Those two men would both, the linebacker and the uh, jujitsu, would be melted is by those guys. really eyes.
0: like Statler and, what is it, Statler Waldorf? And yeah. Yeah.
1: They would okay. both be the same way. They'd be just so terrible. Because athletes don't do that. Anyhow, uh, Pete and John.
0: Uh, well, thank you to everybody for the feedback, by the way. Some really great text messages came in, both on my phone and on our text machine. Uh, clearly, people quite taken with Julio, and for good reason. He resonates. He, he, he does, and, and he... I don't want to say he's perfect, but he seems to have the right response to everything. Now, we've seen plenty of athletes start off that way and unfortunately go down you know, we we ooed and odd the same way at Russell Wilson in his first couple of interviews and how excited mm-hmm. we were. And and eventually, you know, people have a story arc and we'll see where that goes. But my God, he seems to have all he seems to be preparing for some of those inevitabilities of the challenges that are gonna be ahead of him yep. with all of the attention that's coming. Yep. Man, it's, and he's not the first off that off to
1: make Republican. We're Republic going to replay Island.
0: that. We're going to yeah. replay that at nine thirty this morning. So uh, definitely, if you missed Julio, you can find it Seattle dot We'll be sending out and tweeting out videos from it as well. Justin captured some great video.
1: Best ever, Justin. Was that your best capture?
0: Yeah, I'd say that's top three. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. pretty good subject to work yeah. with. And, <laughs> and, and you had the
1: HD working. Yeah,
0: we got... HD. I stood back and just let it do its thing. So <laughs> good. Good. And then uh, <laughs> we will replay. I don't know. It's... The camera maybe also rejected it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's like, sorry, man. I don't know to do with this <laughs> too beautiful to live yeah you, <laughs> can't register to live. This. you gotta go get like one of those sports illustrated swimsuit photographers who knows how to film something like that all right <laughs> need a poker face hey, can we move on for a yes. moment we'll come back to julio yes. at 9 30 we'll replay that and again and i'm sorry you, dave and bob you're not find it wherever you get your your podcast pete carroll was asked yesterday about quarterbacks in the draft I've been thinking a lot about his answer. So here he is. Here's Pete Carroll, cut number eight, when he was asked about their interest in potential quarterbacks in this draft.
1: We, we are totally connected to the quarterbacks that are coming out. Um, this is a really huge opportunity for us.
0: Uh, it's a rare opportunity. We, you know, we've been drafting in the low 20s for such a long time, you just don't get the chance of these guys. So we're deeply involved with all that.
1: Mm. Why does Pete say that? totally connected to the QBs in this draft.
0: Why the emphasis on how connected they are to the quarterbacks in this draft? Why John Schneider mentioning it as a possibility yesterday because quarterbacks don't grow on trees, sort of like offensive linemen in their uh-huh. trade. that he referenced a few years ago. Why are they saying that? I can come up with three reasons. Well, I got two of those three. One, they mean it, and they really want to draft a quarterback somewhere in the top five or maybe the top 20. That's reason number one. I don't think it's the most likely, Mm -hmm. but I'll throw it out there as a possibility because it's definitely a possibility. Number two, they want to send a message to Geno Smith that they have other options. And as they negotiate with him, they want him to know that they don't need him. They want him, but they don't need him. There are other directions that they can go. I think there's an element of that, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's the primary reason.
1: Were those the two you had? Uh, yeah, they fall under the umbrella of leverage, and that is one of the spoke off the umbrella of leverage was to Geno, but it is yeah. There's one more little piece of leverage. There. I
0: think it's r- the biggest thing they are doing is letting teams behind them know, yep. hey. You want a quarterback? Yep. You might have to jump up ahead of us to take one. That's right. Great. Yes. Because the more quarterbacks that go ahead of them, yep. the more chances that these great defensive linemen fall to them at number there's five, no, there's no or perhaps a few below where they could trade back. The more if you hey, you want Anthony Richardson, we might like him. You might want to come up to number four. Yep. You might want to come up to number five where we are and we'll trade back a little bit. Oh, oh, you like Will Levis? Yeah, we like him a lot too. Yeah, no, we like C.J. Stroud. Oh, yeah, no, we're very well connected with these quarterbacks. We're connecting with them every day. <laughs> yes. Right? I yep. mean, we really, really <laughs> like them. So, hey, if you need a quarterback, because nobody seems to be interested in Geno, yep. right, everybody seems to be either in salary cap hell or with a pretty high draft pick. So if you're in between, but you need a quarterback, New Orleans, if you're in between, but you need a quarterback, uh, you know, name another team. There's probably a bunch of them like that. You know what? why don't you think yep. about trading up to either four or five, because that, that would be good for
1: Ma'am, us. Man, we love these quarterbacks like the old lady in Sun City love Salt yesterday. What do you we think those ladies would have done them. if Julio had walked by? Melted, stand? passed out, gone to heaven. <laughs> any know, of those things. Much. What's the what's the <laughs> Woo you get the paddles? <laughs> clear <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah i think they they would have been done i think you nail every one of those it's 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 leveraging the situation it's not lying season it's leveraging season Mm -hmm. lying seasons maybe the last week or two before the draft right now this is all leveraging season this is leveraging season to your own free agents like gino and others and this is leveraging to the rest of the market and this is leveraging to other prospects and to the teams and yeah to your point like hey if you want ooh, Anthony Richardson, ooh, he is talented. Wow. Anthony Richardson can run. Anthony Richardson physically is Julio Rodriguez. And then he says a lot of the right things. And you know what? He dealt with some adversity, and he never really pointed the finger, even through team's inconsistencies and Florida's inconsistencies and coaching change inconsistencies. And Ooh, Will Levis, same thing. Wow. Mm. Ooh, he is a we're, handsome. We're connected to him. Other than the mayonnaise and the coffee, you should see this guy. <laughs> he is Beautiful. Hey, did you bring back that special mayonnaise from uh, Austria, by the way? No,
0: I didn't. Oh. I, you didn't respond in time. So oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was on the clock for <laughs> the
1: special Austrian mayonnaise. I
0: didn't know if it was, uh, if it was worth <laughs> throwing in the luggage and having it explode all over everything. Probably that wasn't. It didn't seem like a good risk. But thanks for the tax there. I, I appreciate the thought. So you're going
1: to hear Pete and John over the, the week at the Combine. You're going to hear him coming out of the Combine. You're going to see them. I bet you maybe both John and Pete are so connected that they're going to make their way to their private workouts in Florida and in Kentucky. And all over the country with all these quarterbacks, because like you said, it's a win-win. It's a win-win to try to maybe limit some Gino's uh, zero 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 zeros on that contract, and it's a win-win that if you can get one of these teams interested in drafting a quarterback, then maybe the best or the second best defensive player in this draft falls to you at number five.
0: Well, the Seahawks have now lost a pair of pretty important coaches off their staff. Who will have the bigger impact? Brock will tell you that in more. Blue eighty-eight next. This is Brock and Salk's Blue 88.
1: Blue 88! Blue 88!
0: We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can.
1: Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike
0: Saul. <laughs> All right, a little Blue 88 uh, here this morning as we are in Peoria. Bro. What?
1: What is Ethel's hair doing I don't in know, your computer? <laughs> that was a
0: big, long hair. Did. did you tell us the whole story? Mm, no. I never. <laughs> a gentleman never tells. <laughs> and a lady never asks, More. Oh. Jeez. Touche. <laughs> Big thanks again to Alaska Airlines and Kitsap Credit Union. This has been awesome, and Julio was so fun, man. What? A, what? We're just riding high this morning. We got uh, Shannon Dreyer coming up in 15 minutes. Sam Haggerty, 30. Brock, question number one for you. Uh, Dave Canales left already as Seahawks quarterback coach last year. Sean Desai, who had sort of an amorphous role, but was an associate head coach for defense, yeah. leaves uh, leaves yesterday to go to
1: Philadelphia. Who's the bigger loss? I think the bigger loss is Sean Desai. And, and I'll spin this, a positive and a negative. The positive is that people want your coaches. That's a good thing. That had not happened for a while. Right. That, that hadn't happened with Ken Norton. That did not happened necessarily with some of the others, even the coordinators you've had offensively. But people, people see the product, and they see what you've done. And Dave Canales had multiple interviews at different places, uh, multiple interviews in Baltimore. We all thought he'd end up there. He ends up in Tampa as he overwhelms them. Sean Desai had interviews in Minnesota and in Denver and all over as well. People wanted him uh, with his background, and ultimately Philadelphia uh, ends up taking him. I think he's the bigger loss. You know, I remember KJ, it was before the Niners playoff game, and we talked a lot that week on the KJ Wright Show about, gosh, do we have enough horsepower? Can we do enough things? I am all for making sure young guys know what they're doing, but at this point of the season, we don't have rookies anymore playing. We need to see a little bit more advancement of scheme. Can we see a little bit more pattern recognition? Can we do some of these things and evolve the defense? And I think Sean Desai played a role. How big of a role? None of us know we were not in that building. Pete Carroll said yesterday at the Combine he didn't coach a specific group. So it's not as if your DBs are losing their coach or linebackers are losing their coach or losing that relationship. It was just his horsepower. It was overseeing everything. It was giving Clint Hurt hey man I I know this system inside and out as well. Let's look at it this way. Let's do it this way. They're going to have to fill that void. I'd like to see a young whippersnapper. I'd like to see an innovative guy that will push Clint, that will push Pete and ultimately not say well he was an associate head coach we don't really need to fill no you need to fill his spot with a guy that i think has a high football acumen like sean decided all
0: right question number two well we uh, spent a lot of time on Mel kiper jr's mock draft 1.0 brock yesterday we had
1: mock draft 2.0 what does he have the seahawks doing i think pete and john got to him i I think they said hey Mel, come here let me talk to you down here at the combine you put Anthony Richardson in at number five? And guess who went number five? <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Now, I don't think that's how it works, by the way, but they do feed the Mel Kuypers and McShays a little bit of information at times. And, boy, do we really like him, Mel. And, man, don't, don't think we won't take a quarterback. And don't think we aren't, you know, immune to what's going on in this league, that if you got a guy for four or five years – and you can grow them and develop, and you got a cost-controlled number. Even with the number five pick in the draft, that would be incredibly favorable to our organization. And Mel, did I tell you he could run? Woo! And did I, Mel, did I tell you he's six four two forty? Whoop! And Mel, did I tell you how how awesome he was in our in our interviews? He was tremendous. How, how
0: would you feel if they drafted Anthony Richardson number five? I'm very
1: torn right now. I would be very torn yeah. because, as I said to you, I think off the air yesterday, his highlight reel. Put it up there, man. Put it up there. But the NFL ain't about your highlight reel. The NFL is about minimizing your low light reel. And especially at that position. And his low light reel is about as bad as maybe any of these quarterbacks in this draft as well. Right. Question number three.
0: Yeah, we had some breaking news this morning. Uh, multiple reports saying that Jalen Carter is has a warrant out for his arrest for his role in some drag racing that may have led to the death of a Georgia
1: trainer. Is that right? Yeah, it was the night of the championship after their celebration that night um, one of the trainers lost her life. and and it was, speeding. It was a trainer and a player. Yes, and uh, it was awful. Uh, an awful in the early hours of 2-3 in the morning And now, according to these reports, and this is kind of ongoing, right, just about an hour ago, some of these reports start to break as far as some of the background there. And, gosh, my mind goes in about a million different ways here. So
0: so if this turns out to be what happened...
1: I don't mean to be callous, but what does it do for the draft? Well, we've seen what this does to these guys. It impacts them significantly. Yeah. Right from Laramie Tunzel on draft night with the gas mask bong, whatever thing he had going to some of the others, the Mississippi State defensive tackle that had, a, you know, some issues come up right before the draft. Robert uh, Oh, he had that synthetic marijuana thing. Right. Yeah, no, Jeffrey Simmons, oh, yeah. I believe. You know, so we, we have seen this in, in – yeah, it will absolutely impact his draft status. have him drop out of the top five? I don't, I, I you know, this is just... But if it, it does, that's not great. You don't want that, right? Nope. Do you want to... Would you take him at number five? Oh, I, I feels... I'm sorry to say this and not dodge not it. It early. just feels a little callous. I know. You know, an hour after a Fair. report I comes said it was out. callous, I know. Yeah, and, and where you're just so much more, and to me, so much more... <laughs> to the story is hold on a second you did what why is it just now coming out now is it is did university of georgia get involved and hey man we can't yeah that's just that's ugly too i mean that's yeah that's pretty ugly it's called football no that's pretty that's just called football i've seen the program (laughs) kane is able and that was that's pretty ugly That is today's Blue 88.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be callous. You're probably right about that. I don't know. I I think one, obviously, people lost their life in this, and he is being charged, apparently, with a misdemeanor. So that's not, you know, reckless driving that led to that. that That's not manslaughter. That's very different from manslaughter. Um, That would be a felony. Yes. So we don't know all the details of this yet because of that. Look, man. To me, uh, this went awry. Obviously, bad things happen. Mm -hmm. Kids racing cars, to me, is not in the same league as some of the other accusations that have been levied against players for other things. Oh, sure. And the fact that this had an incredibly unfortunate ending, it's bad choices, remember remember decision-making. I'd be lying if I said that it's not a choice that I've made quite a few times as a kid myself. It would be very hard for me. Racing to school half the days to say, "Oh my God, I can't believe that this guy did that." I mean, yeah. Well, uh, we'll wait and see what happens here, and as the as the story comes out, but I we I,
1: need more of the story to come out and to unfold. But the adults in the room, if this was covered and held for the last month or so, or thinking, "Yep." We could kind of brush this under the rug and keep his name out of it, and keep that this was a. Uh, come on, adults! You got to be, you got to be bigger, and you got to be better than that. And and you're not going to do that in well, this day. I mean, on which. the other hand, there was no warrant
0: issued yet. I mean, like maybe they didn't think anything was going to come of it, and it just wasn't going to be a thing. So I don't. We'll wait yep. and see what happens. But as of now, uh, it could certainly be an interesting change for what happens on draft day. Yep. As you are uh, sitting there at number five for the Seahawks. All right, coming up next, Brock uh, Shannon Drea is going to sit down with us. We can get back to the baseball, talk to Shannon, give you everything you need to know, of course, soon after that. Uh, Sam Haggerty will join us, and then we'll get back to some of what Pete and John had to say yesterday about Geno Smith and where the Geno meter is at (laughs) as of this morning. Constantly in flux. It's a busy morning. It's Brock and Salt Sales Sports on 710.